0: Hey everybody, it's November 28th and it's time for Late Night Study Sessions. Well guys, I need to start with an apology. I uh, am aware that I may have offended some people, disappointed them yesterday, by by implying that I didn't know where Plymouth was and saying that it was either from Massachusetts or New Jersey. And I want to apologize to all of the people in Massachusetts who don't want any of that credit to go to New Jersey. It is Plymouth, Massachusetts. And I didn't have time to look it up when I was recording, um, which is a little dumb, but I wanted to straighten that out and give you Massachusetts people some credit. That's, That's where Plymouth is from, and I needed to correct that so that's my bad everybody well guys I have been uh, practicing my chess playing skills on uh, this chess.com app that I got and um, you know I play chess a little bit but uh, it's been a while since I've done anything online or anything so like my rating was mildly high and then i went on and my rating is just plummeted over the like past four or five games i've played i've lost all but like one game and uh it's been it's been bad but i have um done a little bit of looking into like chess and stuff so tonight we are going to talk about chess so, according to Chess.com, the precursors of Chess originated in India. Um, so, the first game that like really led to the evolution of Chess came, came in India and, uh, and China. And the game was very different from uh, the game today... Because, um, the main, the biggest main reason that the game was so different was the pieces were set up differently and the queen, now the most powerful piece on the board can move diagonally up, down and side to side as far as, as far as you want it to could only move like one or two spaces. Um, it was one of the weakest pieces on the board and so for a while the queen was actually a very weak piece but uh from india it went to persia and from persia it began spreading through the muslim world after the islamic conquest of persia and then the uh the game spread began to spread through Europe through the middle ages and one of the major changes in the rules and the actual evolution of the queen a little bit came in Spain during the time of queen Isabel when she was like really popular and famous among the uh, among the Spanish people and it was during her reign That the queen was made such a powerful and popular piece. And chess really didn't change much after that. And for those of you who don't know, Queen Isabel was the queen of Spain during the days of Columbus. But uh, she... So she originated the change of that piece. And the game grew in popularity throughout Europe, through um, the ages and eventually developed into the game we have today. And that's not even the quick version of the history of chess, but it's about as good as I can give you. So, yeah. Now, chess is a really cool game, but uh, I'm going to be operating the rest of this show under the assumption that you have some idea of how the, the game is... Pl- um, at least how the pieces move. Because, unfortunately, the... Uh, like, the piece movement and stuff is really hard to teach without a board in front of you. So I, I can't really, you know, talk about a whole lot about how the pieces move. But, assuming that you do know how the pieces are moved... Um, here's a couple things that I like to um do in my games, and I'm no chess guru or anything, but I'm a decent player. And uh, some of these things are are really cool. So some of you know that there's a scoring uh there's a scoring system in chess, not necessarily for scoring like to win, like if you get ten points you win, but it's more of It's more of a way to calculate who's in the better position. And the way that works is pawns are worth one point. Knights and bishops are worth three points. Rooks are worth five points. And queens are worth nine points. Now the kings don't have a point because if you don't have like... They don't have a point. Um, Yeah, the kings are pointless. The kings like transcend value because if you lose the king... Then you uh, lose automatically. So that's... That's besides the point. Uh, The point. Besides the point. (laughs) Ha! I'm sorry, guys. I really need to... uh, Control myself and my... My puns. Get back on track. Um, So anyways... The point system is a really valuable tool when you're playing a game because it helps you calculate whether a move is worth is worth trading pieces for. So, for example, if you had to use your knight to take out a pawn, but then you were going to have to sacrifice your knight in that move, then you know that's not a good move because a knight is worth three points and a pawn is worth one point. Likewise, if you... Used a bishop to take a rook. A bishop is also worth three points, but a rook is worth five. So if you lost your bishop, but you were able to take your opponent's rook, that would uh, that would help you because you know three points is less than five points. So you're getting more than your opponent is, and so that's really helpful if you uh, want to sort of figure out. ...whether a sacrifice is worth it. Now for some sort of basic strategy involving chess. And I'm going to start with the pawns. Um, if you're like me when I first got into chess... ...you probably think of pawns as like this... ...they're just a sort of in the way. You know, you, They're there to get out of the way for the real pieces. You know, the real pieces in chess and you just want to uh, you, know, you just want to get them out of the way as soon as possible. If you lose them, who cares? But uh, but pawns are really really valuable to your chess game, and I'll tell you why. So, because pawns only attack diagonally, they can form these really long chains of diagonal lines. Um, across the board, that builds sort of a wall, um, and what what that wall is called is it's called a pawn structure. And you can use these pawns to build a wall um, just along your border, so to speak. And that claims ground, and that pushes your opponent back into a smaller and sp- smaller space, and then it gives you more room to work. And it puts your opponent under pressure because then he's got to try to make sure not to put his pieces within range of any one of your pawns. And if he attacks any of your pawns, the pawn that is diagonally um, next to it can just take whatever piece that is. So pawns are actually really valuable for taking space. And then they can get out out of the way later as you move your other pieces out and across the board for these big sweeping attacks but the first most basic step to setting up your attack should be to try to build some sort of pawn structure sometimes it doesn't work out um i played a lot of games um especially with this one friend where it just seems like pawn structures get destroyed so quickly because he just attacks them just so incessantly and it drives me nuts because i like pawn structures but it uh it is super helpful if you can get them get them together now there are two things if you don't know what to do there are two things you should never do while playing chess and that's move a pawn or move your queen Now the reason behind both of those is actually pretty simple. With a pawn, if you move the pawn forward, you can't move it back. So if you don't have a reason for moving it forward, you shouldn't. You know, if you want to build pawn structure, you want to put pressure on a piece, that's fine. Make sure you're doing it the right way and you're not just leaving it out with no defense. But if you're going to move it, you got to make sure you know what you're doing. And the queen is too powerful to just be moving around without knowing what you're doing with it. If you are really loose with your queen, you can lose it. And your queen is the most valuable piece on the board. So you don't want to move it unless you have a very specific purpose for it. Otherwise, you risk losing it for nothing. And so that's what you don't, those are the things you don't want to do if you aren't sure what to do. The goal is eventually is to have a purpose for every move you make. And this is something I struggle with sometimes as well. But because it goes back and forth, you're a, you want to assume that your opponent probably has a reason that they're making any move that they're making. And thus, you want to make sure that you're doing the same. You don't want to waste a t- opportunity to move on just moving your bishop back and forth or your knight forward and then back again just because you don't have anything to do and you're waiting for him to take the advantage what you want to do um as my friend said you want to control to control the tempo on the board if you dictate how the action is going to go down on the board you have a much better chance of dictating who wins that game Alright, now the last thing we're going to talk about are Rooks, um, also known as Castles or Towers. They're the pieces that look something like a tower that are on the opposite ends of the board. And um, the reason I want to talk about towers is they're probably the least used um, piece among amateur chess players, or rather among non-competitive chess players, but they can be some of the most powerful pieces in the game, and so the best things that rooks are useful for is they can control entire rows, and rows are the um, also known as like a column, but they're the but they're the string of squares that go up and down, you know, in a straight line. And Rooks have been known to be able to control entire rows um, when there's no pieces but them in it. No piece can go into that row without the Rook being able to swing down and just smash it. And when you can get them out from behind pawns, they're really effective for attacking um, Attacking bishops, attacking pawn structures, and for attacking kings. So you want to get them out and into the battlefield as soon as possible. Um, Again, if if you're building a pawn structure, you should be moving the pawns out of the way of the rook eventually. But you really want to move them because they're going to make your game much more effective. Make your attacks much more attackable. I guess is the word. Um, because it's going to, it's going to give your force a lot more power. Um, and it's just super important to your attack that you use rooks. And so that's, that's, I guess, my final tip. Um, there's one more thing involving rooks, uh, called castling where kings and where a king and a rooks like sort of switch places so to speak and that gets your rooks into battle really quickly and easily but that's definitely something that i would have to show like in person or on a board so definitely look up castling if you don't know what i'm talking about but uh other than that that is probably my final tip for how to play chess um, how to play chess and hopefully beat your brother at it Uh, I know when I tried to learn how to be good at chess that was my first goal was to beat my brother and to beat my dad so yeah alright guys that's probably going to bring this study session to an end I hope you enjoyed uh, me talking about chess if you want me to do some more research and go into like a more in-depth, uh, like in-depth study of the history of chess or any other game. Leave a comment, call in, send an email to uh, late night study sessions at gmail.com. Um, any of those work. Um, or if you have any other ideas, questions, concerns, com- compliments, you know, I'll accept them all. Um, other than that. Um. It was great having you uh, Talking to you guys tonight Um. Definitely uh, Spread the word Because honestly There are so many anchor stations now And it is getting so much harder to like A lot harder than it used to be To just to do things like Break the top 500 Um. You know it used to be That I only needed like 3 listeners And I was in the top 500 And it doesn't work anymore. So, um, yeah, so just thank you guys for listening, and I will hopefully talk to you tomorrow. Um, good night, and God bless.